going to love this episode with Joy Overstreet. It is a beautiful episode with Joy, who actually has a beautiful book out on the Cherry Pie Paradox. And Joy is, I think, in her 70s or 80s and looking amazing. And the stuff she shares about is stuff she tried decades ago and worked for her then. And I promise you will work for you now. If you are struggling with food and making peace with food, really feeling like diets are always the solution, really loving your body, then you're going to love this episode and you're going to actually love her book. And so tune into this episode make sure you follow Joy, go check out her website, make sure you let me know whether on Instagram or in my Facebook community, what your biggest takeaway was. But my hope for you with all of the stuff that I bring to you here is that you will become the best version of yourself, that you can actually look good and feel good about your body, about yourself, about your life from the inside out. So why? So that you can love who you are and fulfill the dreams on your heart. All right. And so definitely check all that out. And If you are looking for some mindset and habit support around stuff like this, around finding peace with food, around finding peace with your body, around overcoming diets, I would love to hop on a complimentary clarity call with you. This is a space where together we can just talk about who you are, what are your goals, what are your struggles, and I can just share with you how I, as a holistic health and life coach and my own experience and the only the work that I've done with clients for the last seven years can support you in reaching those goals. And you can decide if it's a fit or not, all right? So if you go to madewell345.com slash clarity, you can book a time on my calendar. All right, enjoy the episode and please let me know your takeaways. Hey, you're listening to the Made Well Women podcast. I am Brian Wilkerson, your host. You know, over the last 10, 15 plus years, I have been on a journey of really rediscovering and discovering what it's like to look good and feel good from the inside out. I battled with my relationship with food and my body and myself for so long that I was trying to wield it into this definition of looking good that actually wasn't aligned and wasn't for me. And therefore I didn't feel good. But when I really came to a place where I found peace with food, my body and myself and started to care for myself holistically, everything changed. I no longer had to run to food um, for comfort or be afraid of food. I no longer exercise out of a place of fixing myself, but I took care of myself physically, emotionally, mentally and spiritually in ways in simple ways that really led to a lot of transformation yes I lost weight yes um, I became fit in my compared to my my standards of what fit was but more so than that I became at peace with myself I learned that it's okay it is way more than okay and it's necessary for me to look good and feel good from the inside out whatever that definition is for me and that's changed over the seasons as a young girl um, as young recently married to now having young kids and that's what I want to help you do I want to help you be a made well woman who looks good and feels good from the inside out so that you can show up strong healthy and confident in every area of your life all right and so I do that through health and life coaching I do that through essential oils I do that through helping you adorn your body and feel confident through beauty, through nails, through clothes. I do that through a variety of factors. But here on the podcast, it's supposed to be some, some inspiration for you in those areas, right? In areas of taking care of your body, taking care of your mind, taking care of your soul so that you can show up well in your career, your finances, and your relationships. So you'll find solo episodes, you'll find guest episodes, you'll find short little sweet um, episodes and longer episodes every week to really support you on that journey. So I'm so excited you're here. Make sure you follow me on social media 
at MadeWellWomen. I also join the Made Well Women's Health community. I'm on Instagram a lot too, um, to just get connect with me behind the scenes. But also make sure you subscribe to this podcast because each week you're going to want to be inspired. You're going to want to be encouraged. All right, I'm grateful you're here, grateful to know you, and I will see you in the next episode. All right, everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I am excited today to have Joy Overstreet on with us. And we were just talking about how um, just our heart and our passion for things are very similar. And, you know, we're just going to talk about making peace with our weight and the mindset that goes with that, our eating habits, and just really looking at the beliefs and attitudes that we have that drive our decisions around food, our body, diets, and health. And so, she has been in this game for a long time. And so I'm really excited um, to get Joy's perspective on this and to share more about her book as well. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Brianna, for having me. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, of course. So tell us your story as it relates to, you know, food, diets, and the scale. I remember when we were having our coffee chat, I was just like, wow, that's a really great story, especially how you kind of um, overcame some of that stuff. So tell us a little bit about, about you. Yes. So um, my story, well, first of all, I'm an, I'm an old person. <laughs> that is to say I'm 82. So I've been around for a while and experienced the ups and downs of weight battles. Uh, although I have to say that my weight battle ended 40 years ago, which says something for the process. Um, but in 1974, my husband died of cancer and left me with a couple of small children and a lot of angst, to say the least. And at that point, um, my I had been often on diets most of my, uh, well, since I was a teenager. And that was the thing that we did. I mean, we just, we all dieted all the time because um, back then, even weighing a couple of pounds more than most people, well, a couple of pounds more than what we considered our ideal weight was like a horrible thing. And mm -hmm. I, there was a book that I read back then, and I'm actually going to read you the first little bit of it. Um, this was called The Thin Book by a Formerly Fat Psychiatrist. And it was written in 1967. And he his very first chapter is that fatness is a sickness. Uh, that uh, <clears throat> for our purposes, you're fat and sick if you're at all overweight. This applies whether you are mildly sick, that is three or four pounds overweight or deathly sick, some 75 pounds or more overweight. And like many sicknesses, neglect will result in the acute becoming chronic and the benign becoming malignant. And so this was the kind of stuff that we were reading in the ladies' magazines and so forth. And it was, uh, so when you just went up a pound or two, um, that was like, call out the um, emergency vehicles. And so at any rate, at this point in my life, I was 34 when my husband died. And um, I was so upset that I turned to food, which is what I often did, probably many people do. And I kept gaining weight, surprisingly. And then the more I would eat, the more I would gain and the crazier I got. And I was just obsessing day and night about my, what I was going to eat, what I was not going to eat. I would plan a diet and then I would cheat within 24 hours and I would plan another diet and cheat. And I got to the place where I was so filled with 
shame really and self-loathing that I would be so obsessed with something as trivial really as my weight um, when my kids were um, basically uh, had lost their dad and at any rate it was it was a mortifying time and I felt so ashamed of myself and guilty that I considered suicide. I mean, it was like that whacked out. And at that point I decided, you know, to get a grip, I'm going to have to do something because I, if I committed suicide, my kids would be orphans and that would certainly not be helpful in any way. So I decided I had to quit dieting. Um, and instead I decided I would just try to face the obstacle of my weight as if it were, I mean, just face it and actually look at what I was eating um, and what I liked to eat and whether my body was actually hungry or not, because it seemed like I had completely lost track of, of um, eating for, for pleasure and for hunger. I ate because it was time. I, you know, it was six o'clock. I must be hungry. And uh, there was more food on the plate, so I I must not be full until the plate was empty. So it was all of that kind of stuff that I realized I was sort of living in an imaginary land, and I needed to face the truth of what I was eating. So that was the first thing that I did was I started to actually for uh, maybe two or three weeks, a month or so, I started writing down everything I ate, and I discovered that I ate pretty much like a cow, you know, constantly uh, grazing on everything that uh, came within my sight. Um, but then I had a really interesting experience that changed everything, which was I had, uh, I'd taken my kids over to a friend's house to be babysat. And she was sitting down to breakfast and invited me to join her. And her breakfast was cherry pie. She had just baked a pie and she sliced herself a piece and offered me a piece and I'm like of course not I I don't uh, I don't eat pie especially for breakfast um and uh she proceeded to eat this piece of pie well actually she ate half of the piece of pie and then she patted her stomach and said to me you know what I'm full and she pulled the garbage can over to her side and um, flipped the other half of the piece of pie, this freshly baked, beautiful cherry pie into the trash can. And I had just never seen anything like that. First of all, that somebody, as she was a very slim little thing, that somebody her size would have cherry pie for breakfast and that she would then decide that she'd had enough and be so unattached to the food that she would toss it. I had never uh, been able to throw away food of any sort. Um, so that made me really wonder if I had been barking up the wrong tree, that the diet books and the diet fads that I've been following, perhaps they were trying, they were all people who struggled with their weight and were using that they had the, uh, an attitude that was not, um, helpful. And that maybe my friend Carol, who was this, as I say, a thin little thing, 
that she knew something about eating that I did not. I mean, first of all, it was obvious that she was in touch with her internal fuel gauge, that she realized that she'd had enough uh, and that for her food was not a magic, um, hypnotic, uh, hadn't cast a spell on her the way it had cast on me so that she could just detach from it and throw it away. Um, and so I began to think about well, maybe I should study how thin people eat, how people who do not worry about their weight eat. And I realized that they think entirely differently about food than the way that I had been thinking, that I actually had, even when I was slim, that I had what I called a fat mind. I was I was fat thinking. So, um, you know, everything was that I ate was filtered through this, this thin, this fat mind. And, and it, I always felt that if I turned my back on food, it would sort of jump out and get me again. Uh, whereas what I wanted was to have that detached attitude that I could take it or leave it. And that I was in touch with what I liked to eat in touch with what I was eating. I was actually experiencing it. Anyway, I'm going on and on, but this turned out to be um, really revolutionary for me. And I began to lose weight. I began to stop obsessing. And I turned what I had discovered myself into a process that I called thin within, which was not so much about um, being, I mean, it was about losing weight, but it was also about thinking differently about food, having a friendly relationship with it. And um, so it, it began as a series of experiential classes. It was a couple of months long. We met once a week as a group and um, it was very effective and people not only lost weight, but they also stopped obsessing and stopped thinking of themselves as fat, even <clears throat> yeah, no matter their size, because it's not a size thing; it's an attitude thing. At any rate, um, so good. I mean, there's, there's so many things that you said that I was just here writing notes down as you were talking, and um, just I mean, we could we could talk forever about a lot of the things, but I think one thing that you said that I think is important. Well, two things that you said. You said. Um, that your friend was unattached to food, just like right. it, there was no like attachment, like I need to eat this or like, you know, in, in some cases, if mm -hmm. I just baked a pie, I only ate half. I'm like, oh, I'm going to save the other half for later. Like, I'm not going to waste this, you know? No, no. But there was this like unattachment where it was okay to like, okay, I'm done with this, you know? Um, but also the last thing you just said where um, the mindset piece of it's not necessarily, it's not about the weight. It's not about the size. There's something that happens in your mind there where you can be the, what, what we would consider smallest person possible and still not feel that way, you know? Right. Um, right. and my gosh, the, the book that you read in the beginning about fatness is a sickness. I just was I, like, Oh, wow. Oh yes. You, you know? Yeah. So basically, so what you've been saying as someone who's 82, which by the way, you look so amazing for 82, um, is just that, for like a long time, we have been kind of brainwashed to believe that a certain size, a certain scale number, a certain shape 
is not just beautiful, but that's make, that makes you valuable or worthy. And so it's the stuff that we're trying, you know, you know, you, you had to go through this experiential thing. I had to, a lot of people did. It's very easy, not easy. It's not, it wasn't easy for us to say this to someone, but as someone who has been, you know, had those thoughts and those beliefs for decades, you know, it, it's not as easy to overcome. And that's because we've constantly been pushed these, the, this agenda and these thoughts and, which by the way, you know, when you really study what, like the scale and BMI and all that, and how that actually got started, it had nothing to do with health. nothing to do with your health now is there an indication if your weight's going up something's happening in your body for sure we should look at that but um yeah so I just I just love so many so many things you say so let's talk a little bit then about I mean I know you have a a book you know um was it is it the cherry pie paradox it's it's the cherry pie paradox is the name of the book right and is in the book do you go do you talk about some of those experiential things that you oh yes because so this is the this is the challenging part of of the process um in america and maybe the world we like quick fixes Mm -hmm. we think that um we go for the diets or the exercise plan or the cleansing fast or the whatever because we want to get this weight off or the problem fixed overnight and it is not going to happen overnight it's going to take well in the first place it took a long time for you to create the, or one, to create the habits of thinking, the habits of unconscious eating, the habits of self-loathing, the habits of um, uh, eating unconsciously, of being out of touch with your body. It takes a long time to put those, those skills, quote unquote, into place. And it takes it takes time to unravel that. And you really have to do it in this kind of rolling it backwards in the same way that you started, which is to become, start by becoming more aware of your body signals, of the taste of the food, the um, <clears throat> and also to detach in a way from all the chatter in the mind, because there's so much, so much mm. of this is, is mental and right. uh, all the talk and, you you go to a party, say, and you you have a cookie, and you think that's a bad thing to have a cookie. Um, so you feel bad, but then you feel bad, so you might as well feel worse. So you have another one, and then you yes. have another one because yes. it's all all is lost, you know. So mm. it's that kind of talk that you have to you have to start by hearing yourself say those things to yourself before you can interrupt it. So a lot of the exercises in the book are experiential and you know designed in a way for you to kind of detach from the voice in your head so that you can hear it and listen to it and then say huh that's interesting why do I believe that and then play with some other ways of looking at that particular food or situation or body part whatever but you have to first be able to hear in a kind, compassionate way, what it is you're saying to yourself so that you can break the cycle of the those conversations, uh, break the cycle of those habits. There's a lot in the book about beliefs and um, beliefs about food, beliefs about um, your body, um, but particularly about food. I mean, I, I remember discovering that I had a belief that eggs come in pairs that 
you know, I had to have, you know, if you're having eggs for breakfast, that's two. Mm. Um, and that meant it also meant that you had two pieces of toast with it because you need one piece of toast per egg. Um, and I realized, oh, you could actually eat one egg or five or whatever. But, you know, I had this idea about what eggs for breakfast was. Um, I had a belief that I love chocolate, which, you know, I do. I'm very fond of chocolate. But I, when I see a piece of chocolate, I have to understand that all chocolate, just because I believe that I love chocolate, it's not all going to be delicious chocolate. Some chocolate is really crappy. And until you really are present with the chocolate that you have in your hand, and you can see or taste rather, this chocolate is really good or this chocolate is not worth eating. Um, I mean, I, I believe in being a picky eater. That is to say only eating the things that you really like. And even if it's quote unquote good for you, that doesn't necessarily mean um, that you're going to like it and you have to eat it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love what you, what you even talked about. I think this is something that I I try to like really focus on with clients too, or just women that on the podcast or whatever, is just the idea of detaching from the chatter in your mind. I think, my gosh, what you were saying about, we, we live in a world where quick fixes, where we really think it's about, tell me what to do. Tell me what I shouldn't do. Like do's and don'ts when we're not, when we're like not really realizing that in everything, whether it be work, whether it be family, whether it be whatever, it's like we have developed certain beliefs and habits and thoughts that are like, well, beliefs that are driving our habits, that are driving our relationship to things. And so with food, what you're saying, like the idea of like, oh no, I can't just have one piece of toast. Like I have two eggs and I have two pieces of toast. Like that's our, that's just what we do, you know, versus yeah, like, right. well, what if you wanted to have three? What if you wanted to have four? What if you wanted to have yeah. one or none? Yeah. So right. Just like this idea and, and and some of those things, and, and that's not, our brain is designed to help us, you know, protect us, make things easy for us. So, you know, in the morning, if you're used to having two eggs and two pieces of toast, you don't have to think about it. It becomes automatic, right? So exactly. You're like, yes. So yep. it's just helping your brains, retraining your brain to see like you want to do other automatic things, you know, and you want to yeah. um, rewrite that. And that's what you were saying. That's a process because yes. if it took you decades to get to a place where you are with certain beliefs and habits, it's not going to happen overnight. Right. Not. And and it's it's not going to happen until you actually notice mm -hmm. what's driving you. I mean, right. When you notice that you've chosen that you're, that you've chosen to eat two eggs, you know, it's like, Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. That was that honestly, that was a surprise. And there, I had another experience where, um, I was doing, uh, well, my daughter was eating carrots and she handed me the carrot and said, this is no good. Mm. I don't like it. And I was like, well, you love carrots. And she goes, well, I don't like this one. And I, and I had the belief that carrots, all t- they all taste good. I mean, I love carrots. They taste good. Mm-hmm. Um, this carrot did not taste good. It was dry and um, the, the texture was kind of tired uh, and it didn't have much sweetness. And it's like, huh, not all carrots taste good. So it's, it's that thing. And it it goes well with everything we eat. We, um, 
I have a process in the book where um, of taste testing, where you rate your food. This is something that anyone can do anytime is to first, let's say, let's say it's a, a brownie. Let's say it's a, maybe it's a, yeah, it's a brownie. So you put the brownie in front of you. And the first thing, if you're a chocolate lover, your rating of what you expect the brownie to taste like would be 10, you know, cause I love brownies. Um, so then you take the first bite of the brownie and it's, it's pretty good. Let's say maybe it's an eight. Um, but then your mouth gets kind of used to it a little bit. And so the second bite is, it starts to get even better. So maybe it's a 10 by then, but then by the third or fourth bite, your taste buds get a little bit acclimated and they get a little, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say they get bored, but they're uh, not as excited about it as the first couple of bites. And maybe by the end of it, you're at a rating of six on a scale of one to 10. But then you wait after um, like a minute or so and you rate the taste in your mouth. And one of the things you might notice is your taste has gone sour. Um, and so uh, when when that happens, usually what people want to do is to put another sweet thing in the mouth to overcome the sour. I mean, this is all uh, below the level of consciousness. But if you um, actually take the time to rate a piece of uh, a food, you'll notice that it it has uh, its highs and lows. And sometimes it's not worth eating. You know, sometimes by the third bite, you're like, no, mm -mm, doesn't doesn't do it. Um, anyway, it's a fun exercise to yeah. try, but you have to really pay attention. Mm -hmm. And that's I think that's what I hear you saying. And what I think we should take away is that if you really want like real transformation when it comes to food and your body and, you know, just your relationship to those things, you have to be willing to go on the long journey because yeah. we've all done the, we've all done the short journey and we, you know, we're fine for a while. Then we just go back. And mm -hmm. that long journey for it might take, might for, might take a year for some people it might take a few years. Yes, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. But yep. it's like, what do you, what, what, basically you have to be, yeah, you, not the willingness you have to be, um, yeah, you have to be willing, willing to do it slow, sacrifice the short-term games for the long-term game. Well, and, and that's true. And I would say though, that it, it doesn't have to be a sacrifice. It can be really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it can be fun to, right. to, to hear your stories to yourself and your excuses <laughs> and like, oh my, that was creative of me. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Um, yeah, especially I think what you're what you're saying though is like taking yourself a little lightly, right? Versus yes, looking absolutely. at all these things and beating yourself up in a place of shame and guilt again, like oh, why did you do that? Whatever. But like yeah. if you approach it from like a I I love and accept myself right now before I go on this journey, right? It, it you're right. It can be curious. It could be joyful. It could be fun. It could be all those things. And and I think the other thing is to we tend to think that once I get to this place where my weight or my body or whatever is the way I like it, then I'll be happy or mm -hmm. then I'll be successful or then um, Prince Charming will come along or whatever. And that's not going to happen. <laughs> right. I mean, right. I mean, it may happen. I mean, you may get to your ideal weight and everything is hunky dory, but the angels will sing for about 
24 hours and then life goes on. And so my advice to anybody is to, to like, don't put off uh, the things that you want to do or be until you're at this ideal weight. Mm-hmm. Do it now. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing stopping you from being who you want to be right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. love that. Love that. So um, I, I was going to uh, ask you for a tip or a piece of encouragement, but I think that that one's it. Like, don't like wait, you know, just in like go on this journey, but enjoy the things you want to now, you know, proceed. One of the things is that, you know, as a, as a postpartum, I mean, we're all, once you're a mom, you're always postpartum, but yeah. like my yeah. kid is set my six months old and I have two and a, two and a half month old. Like, I think I waited for a long time with my um, first child to like get clothes that like fit. Like I was wearing maternity clothes forever because I'm like, oh, it fits, whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, this is just not, no. And so really early on with my son, I was like, I'm going to get clothes that fit. If I wear my old clothes, great. But if not, no biggie because I wear, now I'm wearing fat, like clothes I feel good and confident in that fit me right now versus waiting, you know? Yes, um, and yes I just, for sure. And I think that's just so important because it, what it does, it it tells us, tells ourselves that it's like, we're worth the time, the energy and the money it takes to feel good right now. Not, not when I'm, you know, 10 pounds lighter, 20 pounds lighter or whatever, you know? So, um, I just love that piece of advice. Yeah. Well, and you look around and there are many large people who are thriving. I mean, I Mm -hmm, look mm -hmm. at Lizzo or, Mm -hmm. um, uh, Amy Schumer. I mean, they're, they're doing fine. Um, so you don't have to, you don't have to wait. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. Well, um, tell us a little bit, um, more about your book as we wrap up, just so that people can kind of, you know, go and get it. Cause it sounds awesome. Um, you yeah, know, I know it also I, comes I, with a I, workbook I, as well. So tell us a little bit about it. Yes. So, so the book is, um, there's a, series of exercises. Uh, well, there's an exercise pretty much at the end of every chapter or, or something to try or do. And some of these exercises are something that you should probably be doing all along. I mean, for a long period of time, not just, you know, one time, but, um, there's, uh, anyway, it's a series of processes that in sort of in sequential order of waking up and putting these um, ideas into practice. The workbook um, goes, there are meditations also that that are online that you can listen to um, as you read the book because uh, sometimes visualizing these situations in a, in a more abstract way is helpful. Mm. Uh, at any rate, the workbook goes along with it and it it it's helpful to have a workbook so that you can do it with a couple of friends because having a little accountability is not a bad idea at all. And also different people, everyone is different. We have different preferences. We have different peculiar habits. And so just hearing somebody else share what they got out of a certain chapter or an exercise opens the space for you to realize, well, maybe me too. I didn't, I had no idea um, that, that I thought that way or that I behaved that way or believed this thing. So um, anyway, the book is called The Cherry Pie Paradox. 
The Surprising Path to Diet Freedom and Lasting Weight Loss. And um, it's available on Amazon and other bookstores um, in ebook form. There's an audiobook available through Barnes and Noble. It's not yet, I don't think it's up yet on, on Amazon. I'm not sure why. They've got some issues. Um, and um, what else can I tell you about it? My website, I have a website, joyoverstreet.com. And you can read more about the book there and you can actually listen to the, uh, I think you can know, you have to sign up to my email list to get the juicy first chapter. But uh, actually, if you email me, joy at joyoverstreet.com, I will send you a link to the juicy first chapter. So you can uh, read that. Um, that sounds awesome. I will, yeah, I'll make sure to link everything you're shown um, in the show notes, your book, your um, social media, your website, your newsletter. So thanks so much. Um, anything else you want to share as we wrap up to our listeners based off of this topic or anything else? Um, um, it's You can do this is really what I want to say. You can do this. People have done it uh, and enjoyed the process. When you um, are on top of your uh, feel like you're in control of your eating. You um, have more energy for life and for doing the things that are important because this getting your weight together is not, you're, you're doing it so that you can do the other things that you're really meant to do. Uh, this is just a step on the way. It is not the end all be all. And you can enjoy the process and you can enjoy your food. You don't have to give up French fries. You don't have to give up brownies um, if you don't want to, unless you don't like them, in which case do not eat them. Yeah. 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 I love it. I love it. Yeah. You can do this and you can do it in your own way. You don't like there's no yeah. quote unquote right or wrong way, um, way to yeah. do it. And I think that's the importance of, you know, work like you're, you know, talking to people like you, your book and and just getting support in whatever way, whatever way you need to remind yourself of that truth that everyone's path is different. So mm -hmm. thank you so much, Joy. I learned so much, took so much notes, and I'm I'm just excited for everyone to listen to this to this episode. So thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Brianna. It's a thank pleasure. You. Of yeah. course. Everyone, make sure you check out everything um, that Joy mentioned in the show notes and go get that book and you know, go on this journey. Um, especially as we approach the new year, um, just with, yeah, you know, with, um, with confidence, knowing that you can do this as Joey mentioned and compassion for yourself. Yes, exactly. And a sense of humor. Yes, exactly. Exactly. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you're leaving with a different perspective, a little bit of encouragement, and I hope you're running to grab um, Joy's book. I haven't finished it yet, but I know it's it's amazing. So definitely go check out her book, check out her work, and again, please book a clarity call. I have a couple spots um, open each month for these calls to really support women in getting clear on what they need, whether it's me or something else, to really support them on their holistic journey of finding peace with food, their body, and themselves, knowing you're more than your weight, and also really reaching your health goals so that you can look and feel good from the inside out. All right. So go to madewell345.com slash clarity, madewell345.com slash clarity and book that call. All right. I'll see you in the next episode. I 
hope you enjoyed this episode and I just want to remind you, you are worth the time and money it takes to invest in yourself and to be a made well woman. And so make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Make it your treat to yourself. But also make sure you follow me on social media at Made Well Women on Facebook and Instagram and then join my Facebook community, Made Well Women's Health Community, where we can together journey in being made well women who want to look good and feel good from the inside out. All right. So that what we can fulfill the dreams on our heart and have the time and energy and support to do that. All right. Grateful for you. Leave a review too. Before you leave, leave a review on the podcast so that people who are tuning in can know how much it's been a support to you. All right. I'll see you on the next one. Mm-hmm.